the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, IndustryGreetings.com, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. We've had a little bit of mix of weather again this week. A little hot, a little taste of the spring, and then all of a sudden we got rain again for the weekend. So hey, just want to keep you on your toes. I can't control the weather. I did try this year and uh, I really messed up. That's why we got all this rain. So anyway, uh, my apologies for that. Folks, on this particular show, I have Travis Yoshida, Travis Yoshida of NRL Hunter, NRL 22. He's a great guy doing a great work and actually creating some fantastic shooting opportunities for those of us in the shooting community. Travis, how's your morning going? Uh, fantastic. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for your time. And folks, if you understood what he's doing with all of his time, you'd understand how precious it is that he he took this time to actually do this show and explain what NRL is. Um, NRL stands for? Uh, it's the National Rifle League. I thought it was the Naaman Rifle League. <laughs> but maybe one day. <laughs> well, you know, the NRA is the Naaman Rifle Association, so that's a that's an important thing, too. You know, right. You watch out for that. Um, no, he started the NRL, National Rifle League, and then there's kind of two divisions on that, and we'll get into some of the specifications on that and why. But the two divisions basically are what, Travis? Uh, so we have the NRL 22, which focuses on um, 22 long rifle competitions all throughout uh, the country and actually throughout the world. We have several organizations in different countries. And then we have the NRL Hunter, which focuses on uh, hunting education through competition um, throughout the country as well as throughout the world as well. Um, and the NRL Hunter is based on um, center fire rifles and, and realistic hunting scenarios. Significant hunting scenarios. I like the way you place that. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of guys hunt, a lot of guys want to hunt. I mean, I think the, the thing that came out of this whole COVID mess is everybody wants to be more resilient. And I don't know how many people I've heard said, Oh, I'm just going to take up hunting. Um, being a lifelong hunter, it's, it's kind of fun to hear that because you know, okay, well, you're at the beginning of your process. There's a lot you need to learn especially if you're hunting in Southern California, there's not a deer around every bush. Uh, Ain't that the truth. <laughs> and the ones that are around every bush are about 73 pounds. So, you know, you need to look a little farther than that first bush, but there's so much that there is to hunting and a critique of hunting that I have had, I've voiced it often. And I believe it is that not enough gentlemen and ladies out there practice with their hunting rifles you know you're going out if, you know i'm a big game hunter there's a 
wonderful elk on the wall behind me. I've been very blessed to have opportunities and, and to have very good successful hunts doesn't mean that I'm great. It means that I was just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I know that, but, um, it takes, you have to understand to me, the significance in hunting is you're there because you've chosen to be there. If you take a shot, you've chosen to take that shot and it is your moral responsibility to make as clean and ethical a shot as you can at whatever you're deciding to do. Um, you, it's imperative. If you don't have that mindset, you shouldn't be in the field with a gun. And that's, you know, some of the things that you bring up in the uh, NRL Hunter on these courses, right? What do you find typically from that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're all about teaching people how to become better ethical hunters, as you stated. Um, you know, we've all heard those stories and, and we've been around friends and family that have said, you know, you know, back in my day, I held three, four feet over its back and I shot it through the heart and it Every was, time. you know, well, you, that's great. You know, maybe back in the day you did, you were that excellent of a shot, but now with new modern technology, um, not only in the rifle build, but in optics and things of that nature, if people learn how to use the tools that are available to them, they truly can become better ethical hunters. Um, with the whole COVID thing and all of that taking place, there's been a significant growth and increase throughout the United States and other countries of people wanting to be self-sufficient and wanting to become hunters for the very first time, all the way down to the high school level and maybe even earlier than that. And so it's our responsibility um, to be able to teach future generations and the people now how to ethically and humanely do that because there is a right and a wrong way to hunt, in my opinion. Ab uh, absolutely. I, you, you don't have to be vocal on that. I'll be vocal for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. It's, um, it's absolutely imperative that not only do you know how to hunt with a rifle out there or a bow or whatever your choice of weapon is, um, but you know how to survive out there for yourself. You know how to, you know, use the gear that you're you're using, whether that's a day hunt, an overnight hunt, a 10-day trip, a, or if you're just, you know, hunting out of the truck and going to a spot and, and hiking in 100 yards. All of these different <clears throat> types of hunting require a different skill set and a different uh, different type of equipment. So we try to teach people through competition the best way to mitigate those situations so that they are as successful as possible when they are out in the field. You know, the, it's hard to replicate when you're stalking an animal, you know, what, what your body's doing, right? You're sitting there bored, glass and glass and glass and glass. And, oh, there's something right. All right. of a sudden you got this giant spike of adrenaline um, and, you know, something good and and you can make it and get over to where you need to go. And so you hike for a few minutes and, get into position and your heart rate's going so fast. It's, you can hear it beating in your ears. You know, it's hard to duplicate that when you are just sitting at a range, punching paper at a hundred yards. Absolutely. But when you add a little stressor and a stress factor is, is any kind of competition is a stress factor. You know, if you're riding bicycles, what, what, what's a bike race, two guys on a bike, right? One guy's always has to be a half a wheel ahead of the other guy. It's we're like that. And it's a good thing because people want to get better at what they do. Well, the 
competitions that you have add that little bit of extra stress that makes people operate in that environment. And, and I think it will help you when you come into a real world situation. Absolutely. I mean, if you've never had buck fever, um, there's probably something wrong with you. <laughs> well, you get timer fever at uh, in your matches. Right. And, the, you know, obviously we're not shooting at live animals or anything of that nature at the competitions. And so the only way that we can simulate that type of a, a um, I don't want to say anxiety, but that stress is to put everybody on, on a timer. So competitors have four minutes as an individual to, they have to find their targets, they have to arrange their targets, and then they have to successfully engage their targets all within that four minute time frame. Now, a lot of people think, oh my gosh, four minutes, that's a long time. I mean, in four minutes, the deer could be, you know, hundreds of yards away. Absolutely, it can be. In four minutes is a long time. Um, but, but it's not long enough. <laughs> right, it's not long enough. People find out that all of a sudden, four minutes goes by really fast. And if you can't do it in that four minute time frame, you're going to have a hard time doing it out in the wild when all of a sudden, you know, you, you look over and there's a, a giant, you know, deer, elk, whatever you're hunting, you know, a couple of hundred yards away and you have to react as efficiently and quietly as possible. Well, if you don't practice that and you're not used to that and you don't know how to use the gear you have with you, your chances of success are greatly diminished. You know, I do a little bit of guiding on a ranch, not an official guide, but I, I take the guys out, help them hunt uh, at this wonderful ranch in Wyoming where this, this elk came from. Um, amazing animals out there, always hundreds of animals that we're seeing. So it makes me look good because there's a hundred animals out there. <laughs> but every time when someone's brand new, especially when they see the Disneyland parade of elk, right? The one thing on this ranch is you're going to get the Disneyland Parade of Elk, you're going to just see 100, 200, 300 walking past you at some point in time. And guys aren't ready for it. No. Every, every time that happens, nobody gets their shot off. It, it, it's, it's emotional. It's amazing. And it's hard to explain. You know, but I think if you've gone through this type of stuff where you're a little bit more stressed tested. Um, you know that, Hey, I need my tripod. I need this. I need this. I've ranged. I'm ready to go. You know what your steps are. I think that that's a, an important factor after you've done one of, or two of your competitions is you realize there should be an organization to what I have in my pack. If I want to be a successful hunter or shooter in your competition, an organization and a step, I do this, I do this, I do this. And that consistency, just like anything else. And, and, uh, any different kind of competition, you know, whether you're swimming or running or what it's consistency that helps you become better at what you do. And so I think that that's a good thing that people will realize instead of having a yard sale at every station, like I was doing, um, you know, folks, uh, Travis's website is NRL Hunter spelled oddly enough, NRL, NRLHunter.org, NRL22.org. If you want to find out when their new competitions are, um, we're going to get more into what those competitions actually are about and how you got into that right after this. Springtime is just around the corner. Soon it'll be time to get back outdoors and soak up a little sun. And we need it. So why not enjoy the outdoors with the things you love in the field or the range, in the lake, or even in the stream? It's a great time now to get stocked up with the gear you need. 
Turner's Outdoorsman is California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, and it even has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and member specials sent directly to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman's, savings you deserve on the gear you need. It's definitely expensive to advertise for your business, but not advertising is more costly to your bottom line, especially in this current economic climate. While we all know that sending Christmas cards to family and friends is an American tradition, we forget to extend that tradition to our customers and business associates. So show your appreciation for customer loyalty and remind clients that you and your company are still ready for their business. But don't just send any card to take advantage of the marketing opportunity that you're looking for. Your cards need to stand out. IndustryGreetings.com specializes in industry-specific Christmas cards. Whether you're an accountant, contractor, realtor, welder, or anything in between, our creative and exclusive card designs are the perfect fit. So head over to IndustryGreetings.com and search by your industry. Or check out our patriotic or religious Christmas cards and order today. That's IndustryGreetings.com or call them at 800-431-9161. IndustryGreetings.com, 800-431-9161. I use them, so should you. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Philip Naiman here. Hope you're having a great weekend. I'm here with Travis Yoshida. Travis Yoshida, the founder of the NRL Hunter, nrlhunter.org, nrl22.org. We'll talk about the difference in those coming up here. But it is a National Rifle League. He has created a way for you to train and to compete pretty realistic hunting scenarios as we just talked about before they're four minute stages um let's talk about we'll, we'll get into just one stage a sample stage if somebody is an nrl hunter and they've never done it before they've signed up they're showing up and they saying okay uh this guy comes out and says shooter are you ready let's go what happens from here so as a new competitor or somebody doing this for the first time at one of the NRL Hunter matches, you're going to go up to what we call a staging area. Inside of that staging area, you're going to find a placard um, that's going to tell you what you can expect to find on that stage. Now, keep in mind, all stages are blind. So on that placard, it's going to tell you that there's uh, two elk, two positions, and it's going to be near to far. So right away in your mind, you should be thinking, okay, two elk, I've got to move at least once because I've got to be in two different positions, and the first one's going to be close, the second one's going to be further away from that. Um, when the RO... Oh, so, for, so further away, just pro tip, further away does not mean in line with it further back. No, it could be further away to the right, <laughs> further away to the left, it's just going to be further out. Exactly. Um, and we, you know, we're, we try to make sure that everybody's learning and having having a good time. So at the first target for every stage, there is a placard that's uh, 24 by 24 inches. 
Um, the match directors do their best to get as close as they can, but that's going to be standardized. A 24 by 24 inch placard. Were they that big at that target? Were they 24 inches wide at Mason Valley? No, at Mason Valley, they were a little bit smaller. And, okay. and we recognize that that that's a little bit harder for people that are going to multiple competitions. So we're standardizing it so that they're all going to be 24 by 24. So that way, that first target is going to be easily identifiable. And then that second target is going to be maybe a little bit harder, maybe significantly harder. It just kind of depends on the stage. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, you know, if it was like orange with flashing lights, that could help me. Yeah. <laughs> it could also, it, it could also give you a seizure with the flashing lights and I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances. They're going to be like, I can't see it. It's car- <laughs> I can't see color. Well, that's why they have the flashers. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh-huh. so these placards, right? The placard have the number of the stage on it, not the number of shots or anything, but it's the n- number of your stage. And so you look for that first as a as a first clue to find your first target. Correct. So when you go up to the shooting uh, shooting position, the shooting area, you're going to find three different stakes, like a a one by one stake, or it's gonna a landscaping be flag, a landscaping flag, or it could be a piece of rebar. It's going to be three three identifiers. The first one. It's going to be in the shape of a V with the point closest to you. That first one is going to be your observations uh, point. The second, the one in the front of you, or the two in front of you on your left, is your left lateral limit, and the one on the right is your right lateral limit. So from that V, or from that first position, a uh, glassing position between those left and right lateral limits, you will be able to find all of the targets for that stage. Once you find the targets for that stage, you not only have to find them, but you have to arrange them. The ranging distance is going to be based upon your skill set with whatever tool you're using. If that's a rangefinder or if that's a rangefinding binos, um, we've even had some guys go old school and use a mill dot master. <laughs> um, once you find those targets, now you have to engage them. At a typical stage, you're going to have. A shooting position, two different shooting positions like this, like what this called for, um, designated for you. So it could be a circle on one rock and it could be a circle on a tree. Those are your positions. You can shoot from those positions however you want, as long as you can touch them within an arm's reach. Now, if there's a rock, you might want to go prone. You can see over the rock and you can see everything. If the rock's too tall, maybe you want to go to a kneeling position. Maybe you want to do standing tripod. The same thing with the tree. Maybe it's going to be a kneeling or a standing tripod or a bag on a tree limb. That's all stuff that you have to figure out for yourself because they're blind stages. This game requires you to think for yourself and not be able to watch what everybody else before you does. Because in the real world, if you're hunting, you have to make these decisions on your own. And if you can't think and you can't react to the situation that you're in fast enough, you're going to miss your opportunity. Absolutely. Right. So once you get into your first shooting position, you get it's a um, you get two rounds per target. Your first round, if you impact, it's worth two points. If you miss, you can re-engage that target with one round for one point. If you miss your second shot, that animal is neutralized and it ran away. You can't shoot at it anymore. Now you have to move to your other target or into your next position, depending on what the stage calls for. So we try to create it where there's a reward for shooting less and being more accurate, just as there would be in real life. You don't want to have to shoot certain animals. You know, certain animals, yes, you may have to shoot them more than once because of their size. 
if you were shooting at a deer, you don't want to have to shoot at that deer more than once. You want a good, clean, ethical shot. You want to be able to put that animal down as fast as possible. So a first-round impact is worth more points than a second-round impact. Yep. Then you do that 16 to 20 times for the match, and we <laughs> see what your score is and how you how you fared. And, and what's great about this is our targets – our targets are going to be anywhere from a couple hundred yards all the way out to a maximum of a thousand yards. Now we do not encourage long range hunting or long range shooting in, in hunting scenarios. The reason we put a thousand yard target or 800 or, or whatever yard target out there is to show people what that distance is realistically. Right. There's always that guy. Yeah. I, there's a guy here in California. I was scouting this season and where we were scouting, he's like, yeah, there's no deer over here. You should go over to this one area, but it's a mile shot. And I'm like, there's no reason for me to go over there. There's never a situation in my life where I'm going to take a mile shot at anything. Right? California right. antelope. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so it's, we were doing little hand gestures. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to us, if you don't understand what a thousand yards really is, you should not be taking that shot. Are there people that are qualified to take shots like that? Sure, maybe. But 98% of us, no. We're not qualified to take those shots, and we should never be taking those shots. So if you can't do it on a piece of steel at a uh, secured location, you definitely should not be doing it in the wild. Yeah, it, it's you know it's the know your limits, right? Uh, exactly. When I, was, when I was training for my sheep hunt, um, I'd go up behind whitewater. There was this trail a pch trail i'd take a pct trail anyway i go about three and a half miles in with a backpack and then there was a long ridge that i would practice shooting off of just killing rocks here and there and i remember this one day it was really windy and i'm on the ridge line and and to my left was a, a rocket shot at 400 yards so i'm not, you know i'm using my backpack whatever shooter to make the shot um, then on the right side of the ridge is one at 620 yards, and I had to add some wind because it's the bottom of the canyon, but it's hidden by the by the ridge line. So I added some wind for that. And then there was one at like 720 at the bottom of this canyon, and I had to add four minutes of wind for that. Okay, I'm I'm minutes. I'm not I'm mills. No <laughs> I'm old. And then directly across from me, because the ridge I'm on goes down into this big canyon, directly across from me was this nice sized rock, maybe two, three feet in diameter, uh, at, at 1,050 yards. Okay. So I have nothing to see between it and I for, for wind. And I'm like, okay, if we're four minutes of wind at 700, I'm going to go eight minutes at 1,000. And I should be pretty close just to sample the shot. First shot, I can't even see it in my scope. So I zoom out, I shoot again, and I hit 16 minutes to the right. Wow. There was like a 35-mile-an-hour wind current. Yeah. That that How do you call it when you there's nothing to call between you and the target, right? So right. the difference between shooting, and again, 400 yards is a long shot, 600, 700, those are long shots. But you start poking out there in a thousand yard range, forget a mile, a thousand yard range and stuff just gets squirrely. There, Absolutely. You know, there was a, there was a target you guys had the gargoyle. He was 800 and something yards out and the wind was like this the entire time. And so, yes. you know, everybody had a hard time with that, even the better shooters, um, because the wind was just 
messing with you. And, and it was moving such different directions. You couldn't say, okay, it's always three minutes left or whatever. It was three minutes left and two to the right. And, and uh, it just tortured you the entire time. So yeah, thanks for that, Travis. <laughs> well, don't blame me. That's the match director setting it up. I just put the organization. <laughs> That's true. He does need to be kicked under, kicked under the, uh, the bus on that. Folks, nrlhunter.org, nrlhunter.org. You can find their schedule. They've got quite a few events coming up here. They've got 19 NRL Hunters uh, this year. And NRL Hunter 22, there's tons of them. Local clubs are having these matches. You can find out more at nrlhunter.org and nrl22.org. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. Hi folks, Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Philip Naiman here with Travis Yoshida, nrlhunter.org, nrl22.org is how you're going to find out more about them. All kinds of, of competitions nationwide. You can you know make it a destination, uh, destination vacation, bring the family out there and do some shooting at some of these locations. Uh, also, you can get our podcast folks at firinglineradio.com, firinglineradio.com or our YouTube channel it happens to be named Firing Line Radio. So anyway, we're uh, here with Travis Yoshida. I want to I want to explain for people who haven't been involved in this. You know, it it is a quality match. Um, I've seen a lot of PRS matches where, you know, 
not a lot. I haven't shot PRS a lot, but some of them gone to is like the first guy who goes is at a major disadvantage because he has to try and figure out a stage and then everybody else copies what he does or what works. And the last guy to go on that stage, you know, has seen the benefit of everybody right. else figuring out the, uh, the match director's um, choices on the NRL Hunter. You're on your own. Um, one of the things I think that, that we're describing, you're describing was you have a pie chart on the ground, pie shape flags on the ground that tell you somewhere, somewhere on this mountain are two targets or four targets or one target. You need to find them. They're roughly this shape. Um, and you need to find them, range them. But on the ground, you have four different stakes, which are a shooting position. And your sighting position is not the same as your shooting position, correct? It can be, but most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's not. And so what that requires somebody to do is to find it, range it, and then set up your shooting position and, and what? Find it again. Find it again, yes. You know, so... um and the shooting positions, I think, well, in that particular, the Mason Valley Ranch uh, meet, it seemed like the shooting positions were really, they were made to uh, make you think through your second choice. Like your first choice is, oh, I'll do this. Uh, for instance, on, on one of the stages had two deer, and it looked like you could lay down prone and shoot, except that the bushes were just about six inches too high in front of you. Once you, <laughs> once you laid down and got behind the gun, you're like, this ain't going to work, right? Right. Like, you have to reposition and all this is on the clock. And that's, what's real about a hunting situation is you can't always shoot prone. No. And, and I mean, a real world example of that is uh, we spoke about Wyoming and your elk earlier. Wyoming is where I, I shot my first antelope. And when I was out there, the guide put me down um, on the hillside to shoot at this antelope that was a couple hundred yards away. And in the position that he put me, there was sage that was just way too tall for, for me to be able to get enough of a view on the body of that animal to take a comfortable shot. So I ended up having the belly crawl because we were only a couple hundred yards and antelope have great eyes. Yeah, you can't stand up. Yeah, so I was belly crawling until I found a position on that hillside that didn't have any brush. You know, um, so it, it's definitely designed to be as realistic as possible in the different types of terrain that we have the matches. And part of that goes into how not only are the matches designed by the match director or the stages designed by the match director, but also how the ROs, which are the range officers, are there to ensure that you guys are playing within the spirit of the game, if that makes sense, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, obviously with, you know, 100 to 200 people on a match, safety is our, is our number one concern. Um, so our range officers are, are, for the most part, competitors that are donating their time to make sure that everybody is safe and having fun. And that they are playing within the spirit of that stage. You know, um, there's because we leave it open for interpretation on how you want to shoot that stage. If you want to, you know, like I said, prone, kneeling, tripod, whatever it is, that, you know, if you want to do some yoga positions, whatever it is. Um, the ROs are there to make sure that you're safe and that you are following, you know, the the limited amount of rules that we have. And we don't have a huge book of rules like some other shooting disciplines. And we try not to because we want to keep it as open for creativity as possible from the match director's standpoint, but also from the shooter's perspective on what they can and cannot do. 
um, we have a gentleman last year, Chris Way, out of um, I believe he's out of Colorado, who shot the entire like one or two matches, the entire match off of a tripod. The reason he did that is because he wanted to test his tripod skills and become more efficient with that tripod. So he shot the entire match off a tripod and he placed very well. Um, we have some guys that absolutely cannot shoot off of a tripod. So they build positions using, you know, their bags or using their backpack or using whatever natural terrain is there. And that's completely fine. It's opportunities for you to figure out what you can and cannot do. So what your personal limits are, what your gear limits are. And then if you want to take, you know, take the time and learn about new positions and new techniques, you can do that as well. And one of the best ways that the NRL does that or NRL Hunter does that is we have what we call the skills division. And I I think the skills division is by far the absolute best way to get involved in, in these competitions because in the skills division, you are literally allowed to be coached on the clock. And typically on the second day or part of the end of the first day, we will have a seasoned competitor. If you're struggling, we'll have a seasoned competitor come over and help you so that you can, you know, figure have a more out enjoyable time wrong. too. Yeah. yeah. You know, enjoy your time, but figure out what you're doing wrong so you can become better. Because the point of this is not to, to beat anybody up. The point is to, to provide an opportunity for you to learn. And if you're not, you know, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, you're not learning anything. Um, then we're not, you know, we're not being successful at our job. No, they they are very very helpful and they're very very knowledgeable. Um, you know, and the other thing, they they stick to the rules, right? These, there's this is A, B, C, and D. So because you are not competing in front of anybody else, you know, you're right. you're doing your thing. There's no one else to see. Well, you can hear hits, whatever, but nobody really sees what's going on there. Um, that it's important that the integrity of your, your ROs are there. And, and I saw that. I saw that at Mason Valley. I thought that they were, they all were very professional, did a great job. And, and not that I am a top competitor at any level, but those who are top competitors, I think that they can rest assured it's not a gamed system. No, absolutely. Our ROs are as fair as they can be. They're, like I said, they're competitors themselves. We have ROs that are some of the top shooters in the nation that you know, they donate their time because they want other people to become better and they want to pass on their knowledge, right? I bet so, he was an RO at that, you know, and he's a he's a top shooter too. Yeah, you know, and our it, it's weird because you know there's a lot of sports out there or competitions out there where you you don't want your competitor to to surpass you. Here we. We don't want them to surpass you, but when you do, we're super happy for you, right? So we want to share the knowledge and we want everybody to be successful in, in what they're doing. It, it is a, a great thing. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the 22 a little bit later, but this is center fire. You know, these are hunting rounds. There's a minimum power factor, which yes. basically 6.5 Creedmoor is about the bottom line that you're going to be able to use for this or above. Um if you plan on being competitive, you do need to have a detachable box magazine. If you just want to shoot with whatever you own, do it. I, I shot with a top loading gun. Uh, as a matter of fact, that was my, uh, I shot a, a Mason Valley 
hunt that Travis put on. And Travis was at two different stations that I absolutely bombed on. It was, it was quite <laughs> embarrassing. Um, the first one, I walk up to him and said, hey, man, I've lost my card, my shooting card. Somehow between that, and it never showed up the entire weekend, um, I lost my card. And he, he said, well, how many stages have you done? I said, I did two. And he goes, well, you get zeros. I got zero, you know, not that I was competing and actually I did hit some of those targets was kind of a shame, but, but that's the level. Hey, you lose your card. So what you get zeros for that. You shouldn't have lost your card. Um, It it was important that you see that, you know, these are, these are guys that are just doing, following the rules for everybody. I thought that that was a a good deal. Um, And I also, I used a top loading gun. I used my 270 that I hunt with all the time. And then Halfway through the second day, no, the beginning of the second, no, halfway through the first day, my trigger broke. My sear snapped, and and this is a gun I'd shot for 40-plus years. Maybe I should have changed it. Timney triggers in the mail, by the way. But uh, I had to shoot with a second gun. And, uh, again, it was that's what happens. You you go on a hunting trip. You go on an elk hunt uh, a couple states away. You bring two, two firearms, right? And Gosh. so – you know, fortunately, because I've had crud break in the past, I always travel with two firearms, but it's an interesting thing. I shot with top loading rifles, which are a a disadvantage if you're trying to compete, but if it's what you hunt with, that's what you should shoot with my theory. So I agree and disagree at the same time. I think you're correct. No, no. Hold it right there. Well, yeah, you might be more competitive with a top loader than I am. There's no doubt about that. But let me uh, pick it up right after this. We've got to run to a commercial, and you can uh, fix me after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. Springtime is just around the corner. Soon, it'll be time to get back outdoors and soak up a little sun. And we need it. So why not enjoy the outdoors with the things you love in the field or the range, in the lake, or even in the stream? It's a great time now to get stocked up with the gear you need. Turner's Outdoorsman is California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971. And it even has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and member specials sent directly to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman's savings you deserve on the gear you need. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Yes! Great hunter. 
Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man, yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Philip Naiman here. Get the podcast at firinglineradio.com. YouTube, we have a couple channels going on there. And if you want to find more about NRL, then you really need to go to nrlhunter.org and deal with Travis Yoshida out there. He's the one who's in charge. He's got all kinds of new matches coming up this summer, not in addition to the NRL 22, which we haven't talked too much about. But um, as I cut you off as we're running to commercial there, you wanted to make a point. So let me start with that there, Travis. Okay, so we were talking about the advantages or disadvantages of a top loader. And I absolutely agree that there are advantages to a, a boxed magazine. But at the same time, I believe that if you are efficient enough with a top loader um, and you actually take your time, you can be successful with the top loader as well. And the reason I say that is we see some of the top um, riflemen in, in the country that are finishing these four minute stages in, you know, three, three and a half minutes uh, with a box magazine, which means that if they took their time, they would be able to do a, a, in my opinion, they'd be able to do a top loader because they're hitting first round impacts. Right. So in reality, if you only shoot four rounds and you have a five round, you know, top loader, you're going to be fine. If you have a three round top loader, that's going to be a little bit more difficult um, but again, I suggest, I highly encourage that you play with what you have. Yeah. You know, um, I shot a top loader and it was definitely a different learning curve than a box magazine, but um, I was still able to successfully hit the shots that I was able to hit, uh, to, to shoot at. So yep. in, in these competitions, people think I have to shoot every single target. Well, if you shoot the targets that you, you aim for and you hit them the first time, to me, that's more successful than shooting at every target and missing everyone. Right. So if you want to be, you know, top, top level, yes, you should have a, a, a box magazine, but you absolutely can be competitive with the top loader. Well, and at your own level, right? right? So it's like you said, the top shooters, the top shooters are finishing in three, three and a half minutes. Okay. That, those are the top shooters. Yes. Um, many people are hearing this time. It's like, what? I just got <laughs> That's practice. That, I'm, just that's get, practice. I'm just getting comfortable here. Wait, wait. <laughs> I just, you know, and the, the other part, I think that um, gear is important in this. And, you know, some guys will, well, in the PRS world, they, they create stuff for specific stages, like these big giant balloon pillows. You know, I've never seen anybody in the, hike 12 miles with one of those, but you know, the, they create specific things for specific stages and that's, that's what they do for that. That's great. Um, uh, in this, you know, I, I saw one guy, he had a, a game changer bag that was, I don't know, might've been full of lead. The thing weighed like 22 pounds, which is great and helpful for shooting like that, but you're probably not going to take it on a sheep hunt. No, never. So, so um, I, I would say that, my suggestion is if this is what you're going to use as your, to make you a better field marksman, then you should bring the gear that you're going to bring with you in the field. Like you said, uh, that one great shooter, he shot the whole thing on the tripod. Um, yeah, hey, a right. lot of guys, if you're good at tripod shooting, man, this is, this is a great sport for you because you can almost mimic the same thing over many, many different conditions if you're trying to shoot prone and you've got to do a contortion like some of those stages it may not work out real well um, especially if your knee doesn't work but um, right. 
Or your back. <laughs> or your back. Yeah. A lot of guys have a real stiff neck. They can't lay prone. So, so tripods work, but it, it gives you the opportunity to try all of your gear. So bring your hunting pack and Hey, you know, I have a, I have a hunting tripod that's different from what most guys shoot in a match for a tripod because the legs are, you know, they're, they're, they compact. So on the clock, it takes longer to extend right. everything. And uh, so for competitions, it's one thing, but, but bring what you're going to hunt with and, and learn, learn the deficiencies. You know, we can practice in the garage and like, Oh, this works perfect. And then you get out there and it's like, timer ready, go. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, your yard sale and where did I put that thing? And you got stuff flying out of your bag. And then you, you you want to pick up your stuff and you look around. It's like, Holy cow. What, who put that grenade in my backpack? Why is, <laughs> why is my underwear over there? This is, there's something wrong here. Right. I mean, like to, to your point, I literally, like I don't shoot a lot of the matches because I'm on the administrative side. So I, I can't, but when I do shoot our matches, I literally use the same gear I use when I hunt and I literally pack my pack the same way I do when I hunt. So what I mean by that is my, um, my what if kit, you know, so my, my satellite Garmin in reach thing goes in there. My first aid kit goes in there. My, my, I guess possibilities kit is what they call it. You know, all of the stuff that I will take on a day hunt goes with me in the match because that's what I'm going to be carrying when I hunt. And so I want to be efficient and comfortable with that weight load and how to manipulate my gear and where my gear is. So I always make sure I put my gear back in the exact same spot, the exact same way every time, because like you said at the beginning of the show, that muscle memory and that repetitiveness becomes key when you're trying to be efficient in getting set up for that shot. So there was a a young man shooting behind me, him and his father. Great, great. Guys, I hung out with them all weekend because we were in the same squad. But uh, his name is Bryson. Mm-hmm. Um, great young kid. And so obviously way more flexible than I am. But <laughs> I, I stayed late on a couple of my stages just to watch how he would do this because he was a great shooter. And, you know, he he had his tripod was in one spot, you know, and his game changer bag was on this and everything was very regimented. So he hit each stage the same way to start with, and that helped him go through. So great shooter, great family. I really enjoyed them. But um, to watch somebody who's gone through this multiple times, it's like, you know, you can see there's a flow and, and that's why I brought that up in the beginning. We should have that. If you're hunting in the woods, if there's sagebrush or rocks or trees or whatever else happens to be in between you, you should know how to handle that because you've done it. 10 times in a stage. Yes. And, you know, our, our goal as a hunter, my goal as a hunter is to fire one shot and make an ethical, clean transition from this life to the next life for that animal. Right. You know, I want to be the world's worst tracker because I never have to track. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to do that much work, that much more work. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's bad for everybody involved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it's funny because if you look at the, the top winners in NRL Hunter right now, they are also some of the top hunters in the country. So it's no mistake or accident that there's a correlation there where we literally, like the last match that we were at, we literally had a guy shoot the last match and then leave for Canada for a hunt the next day. You know, um, these guys are practicing what they're doing in the real world scenarios and they're winning at these matches 
because they've dedicated a certain aspect of their life to becoming the best hunters that they can be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a fun competition. So the other part of this, um, you know, hunting often is an, is a solo sport. Just, just yeah. is you're, even if you're with a group, you're eventually you leave, you go, but with the NRL, there's the staging area. So at every stage, there's an area where you're waiting for your turn with your squad. And there might be six or eight guys or gals, a combination of which, and you're all there. So you, there is a camaraderie. It's not as if you're just bored all day looking at a rock, you know, there, there's a group dynamic to it and it's, everybody's a lot of fun, you know? So they're all good people. They all have good ideas. Uh, when they saw how tragic I was at shooting, they're all really helpful. So it's important, you know, that these guys, that you realize that it's a different group of people because they're all cool. You know, we all hang out, you know, Nico Detour, he's a longtime friend. He got to be on my squad. Um, and uh, unfortunately some of my luck rubbed off on him and, and John, <laughs> but uh, they, they did power through it anyway. Um, do you have, uh, what would you suggest? We've got about a minute left here. Somebody who's just starting, what would you suggest for them? Uh, come out with what you have. Join in for the skills. The skills is half the price. So if the match is usually 250, the skills will be about 125. Um, you get hands-on help, as much help as you want from the ROs or from a individual that will help teach you and show you the way. And that individual is usually a top shooter, top hunter in their respective fields. Um, if you come out and you shoot the skills and you decide it's not for you, not a problem. If you decide it is for you and you want to take the next steps and you want to figure out better gear and you want to figure out how to do this, then we're going to be there to help point you in the right direction with a lot of that. We also have a loaner program from a lot of our amazing sponsors um, I think like SIG, SIG has donated four crosses, two 10Ks, two 6Ks, two 3Ks. I mean, SIG's given us everything in their arsenal that we need to set somebody up, including ammo, so that they can literally sign up and show up with their with nothing, and I'll provide them with everything to come out and learn and have some fun. How so, do you beat that? Yeah, you, you, you can't beat that. You know, I mean, you get to use all my gear, and I get to clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that just so I don't have to clean the gun. Hey, folks, Philip Naiman here, Travis Yoshida. Travis, thank you for your time. Thank you for what you do, man. It's awesome. NRLHunter.org, NRL22.org. Folks, get involved. Get out there. Get shooting. Have a great time, and uh, have a great weekend. Travis, thank you for your time, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. God bless. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. <laughs> When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, IndustryGreetings.com, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show. Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, 
perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K, defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too. So buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. Inflation, inflation, inflation. Hi there, Philip Naiman from Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management, professional investment advice with a Christian worldview. You've all heard it, it's all over the news. The Fed has raised interest rates and may continue to raise them in the future. When the Federal Reserve said inflation was transitory, we now know it's a stiff reality. So how does that affect you? Well, financing anything will be more expensive, but if you're able to invest with these higher interest rates, things may finally be in your favor. Financial institutions have been slow to pass on higher interest rates to investors. We don't have that problem. If you're looking to take advantage of today's higher yields or even an improvement on your money market yields, please give me a call, 909-406-1144, 909-406-1144, or schedule an appointment at cornerstonecwm.com, cornerstonecwm.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.